You back? We can hear you, yeah, but it's of. like extreme. Like we, fi- yeah, we could barely understand you. Rosemary, if you if you listen to us and then just record reactions locally on your machine and then send them to Simon, he, he can, can like fix in. it in post and some Rosemary punch up. Just say what you've got to say when you have to say it, and then. We'll map it on if, if, if that's even possible. But we will ignore you during the recording. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe sometimes I'll just say, that's, I want to turn, go back to what Rosemary said, and it'll just like. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just won't. Maybe right now we should just record a bunch of like filler um, lines that Simon can use to bridge into what Rosemary says. You can say that again. Rosemary, what a joker. Rosemary, you always have such incisive commentary. She's done it again. Yeah, that's something we've talked about a lot, Rosemary. That's a good one. Hello. Welcome to Hacks. We're the Hacks. We tell you about tech things. It's a tech podcast. just fucking killed it today um my name is simon joined by morale oh we're doing that take what yeah we're doing that take and you just stepped on it you know what hey can we can i interrupt this entire process for our listeners haven't even started i know but i want to say something because you just reminded me of something rob you know what massive amazing shout out to simon over here who editor's note morale goes on about the editor a whole lot here like a whole minute i know i know listen to women and all that but does it still apply when they're praising men i don't think so for your sakes and mine listeners i removed it like an email so anyway this is hacks (laughs) simon rob morale unfortunately rosemary is listening to us but due to like technical circumstances beyond our control we can't actually hear her so and she can't like record it's a whole thing so she's the ghost in the machine um you know of this podcast today and hopefully she'll rejoin us properly next week now this week you may have noticed this past weekend was american thanksgiving and therefore uh of course after that the sometimes deadly consumer holiday known as black friday which now of course extends into like an entire weekend and is is like basically globally observed at least among western countries and now I've just realized that today, global. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> and today is Cyber Monday, the day in which the entire nation cybers together. As far as I can tell, Cyber Monday is just <laughs> the good. Monday after Black Friday, the day during which there's like digital deals instead of in-store deals. Anyway, it's just... Well, Black Friday started as a tech thing, and then it got gentrified, and we got pushed, gentrified. we got pushed to Monday. Now it's just Cyber Monday. We have our own little island. But like, what's wait, the wait. difference between? Okay, what? I'm confused about the Black Friday started as a tech thing. Well, what are you what are you talking about? Give us well, a genealogy, Rob. Okay, listeners, admin at hacks.fm. If I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong about this. So when Black Friday started as like a marketing thing, it was limited to come buy a new car audio system, come buy a new TV, come buy new you know, web hosting or whatever. This was before web hosting. But it was just for (laughs) technology products and product-related services. And then the stinking 
clothing retailers and Etsy artisans and all the rest of them, they came in and tried to, to get a piece, the scraps of Black Friday. And now it's for everything. It's for cleaning services and travel and everything that's not technology related. So we said, technologists said, okay, we're going to pack our shit up. And we're going to move to Monday. We don't want any of you here. Even though they also sell their wares on Friday. Well, yeah, but it's diluted. So, okay, a few things. I This is ignorant of me, but I always thought whatever people called Black Friday, I thought that was just anti-shopping day. They tricked you, Moral, into doing cultural appropriation by not observing the true meaning of Black Friday, which is to buy things. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, second thing, Rob, not to throw a turd at your idea here, but like, what's the difference between Black Friday and Cyber Monday? Every, is like, what's, what is in real life? Well, nobody right? dies on Cyber Monday. Right. Well, they, if they die, we don't hear it because they're behind a keyboard. That's true. Whoa. Right? So, like, But, like, what's the difference? They're Black Friday, in. Cyber Monday, it's just fucking consumer capitalism at its best, doing its thing. Well, the balm to all of this is Giving Tuesday, which oh, is tomorrow. Oh, no. Yeah. What yeah. is that? Thanks, grifting? Like, <laughs> that's oh, good. Oh, shit. So, now that we've established everyone's knowledge levels about the consumer holidays surrounding <laughs> American <laughs> Thanksgiving. a great episode. Uh, that's it. That's the whole, that's it. We're done. Um, no, we decided to, um, return to a topic that we touched on many weeks ago. And, um, since then there's been a lot more chatter about this. So we're going to have to give you another quick little primer. And that is of course the, um, the determination of the cities, cities, multiple, as it turns out, that we'll be hosting, um, Amazon's second H, uh, headquarters, aka HQ2. Um, there are actually three cities involved in this process now. They announced the cities, and then there was a lot more information that came out a few days later about what other cities had offered in their attempts to um, to procure this headquarters. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today, because some of it is really fucking wild. Uh, but first, we need to uh, give you a little bit of a refresher on uh, what HQ2 is and um, why Amazon was making such a big deal about it, about this in the first place and why the cities made such a big deal of this in the first place. So, Moral, I believe you've got something for us. So I, I kind of always forget about this HQ2 business, like specifically like all the details, because after a certain billion threshold i stopped paying attention sure. like after x amount of jobs like i don't pay any attention to those types of like frankly i'm gonna go ahead and call it don't at me um like economic metrics that are essentially bullshit because all economics is um and so you know i remember when this came out we had a like, bit of chatter on our thread um and so amazon selects you know new york city northern virginia um for new headquarters um and invests so correct me if i'm, if I'm wrong here um the boys but uh, five billion dollars to create more than fifty thousand jobs this is from uh amazon's blog post on it um that came out on november 13th um so two new headquarters uh new york city virginia uh arlington specifically right um and then announces nashville as simon said there's a third city nashville as a new operation center of excellence which sounds like a really shitty place frankly um like, what does that mean? Operations Center of Excellence sounds like a call center. Yeah, or me. a big warehouse. And so this is kind of a big deal because Amazon is essentially this giant juggernaut um, of evil that strangely, like, everybody wants Amazon HQ2 to 
to kind of locate in their city because they believe in this kind of nonsensical notion that like um, essentially it'll kind of lead to a bunch of like multiplicative effects, um, lead to kind of a variety of different indirect and direct uh, forms of investment, um, you know, and kind of boost the economy, um, the local economy there. Whether or not that's true, I think remains to be seen. Most of the literature that deals with kind of essentially kind of neoliberalization of place through branding mechanisms indicates otherwise, um, that in fact, these kind of practices are a lot more variegated and very difficult to measure. And what is success really often they're, they're quite um, gargantuan failures. So that's kind of a bit of a recap. I don't know if you want to go into kind of more details about what was offered specifically. Yes. Um, or you want to just kind of jump in and go ahead and, and, and do a much better job at that. Well, yeah, I think I we will. should go through. I mean, it was it was noted that, you know, I think that for people who aren't necessarily following um, the details about what cities offered, people who, um, who who are maybe only getting their, their news from certain sources, they may have very well chuckled along with that uh bit from SNL's weekend update the previous weekend mm-hmm. when uh, Colin Jost was talking about, you know, disbelievingly about, it was barely even in the tone of a joke, really. Um, just, you know, saying, oh, why are these cities getting upset about, um, or why are people you know upset about this, this influx of jobs? Like the other cities must be looking on horrified. Um, and if you think it, it wasn't funny when I said it, that's because it wasn't funny when he said it either. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that there is like there, it's possible that the reasons for um, this being bad are um, are maybe less obvious than it is to us. So maybe that's a good as good a segue as we're going to get to get into what these cities actually did offer in their bids. And I owe the details of uh, what I'm going to tell you from a BuzzFeed news story uh, co-written by Letitia Miranda, Nicole Nguyen, and Ryan Mack. So they go through, uh, some cities still have their bids sealed, but uh, quite a few of them have details to share with us. So um, first up is... Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, can I interrupt? Yeah. Just to say, sealed city bids, fuck that. That's stupid. Open it up. I agree. (laughs) Be accountable to your voters. Yeah. You don't just get the like, what kind of nonsense fucking opaque shit is that? Get it together, cities. We at the Hacks Institute are (laughs) pro... People knowing things. Just so you know. Yep. True. All right. First up is Atlanta. I'm just going to read straight from the BuzzFeed piece. The Georgia project overseeing Atlanta's bid for HQ2 released its full proposal detailing more than $2 billion in in taxpayer-funded incentives. Among the more eye-catching perks were a, quote, Amazon Georgia Academy, a state university-affiliated education program featuring 24-week boot camp programs for company employees, an exclusive lounge with free parking for Amazon executives at one of the busiest airports in the world, Hartsfield-Jackson International, and the possible addition of a car on Atlanta's MARTA trains to, quote, help distribute products around the city. So um, that's a lot, and I, that's quite overwhelming to just, like, throw at you, but I wanted to just highlight the train bit in particular because there's a um, there's a story from only a couple of days earlier from the onion about uh and the headline is new york city announces subway just for amazon employees now and um i I know it's a cliche to say so but the onion really is just generating the future now and only like within days it's creepy well the uh i mean the the private train car just for amazon employees is redolent of the private buses for google employees in san francisco which like 
you know, mow down the the ranks of homeless people on their way to corporate HQ in the mornings. Um, of course, it's one step further because it's it's public infrastructure that we're talking about, right? We're not just going to allow private transportation, you know, on public infrastructure. Yeah, well, we're <laughs> we're creating new public infrastructure, cars that could be used for you know real people to get to their jobs, um, and setting them aside just for um, high tech uh, chosen employees of Amazon. So that's actually not it. Um, they also <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I quit. They also offered uh, street renaming. Um, apparent according. This is interesting to me. Yeah, according to a tweet from uh, a tweet from uh, Greg Bluestein, uh, their pitch specifically suggested Alexa Way, and garbage. <laughs> and uh, I just love the fact also that Georgia's governor is a guy named Nathan Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Deals. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, also on top of all that, $1.7 billion in tax incentives, largely from what the state called $1.3 billion of mega project tax credits, which is some RoboCop-ass shit yeah. right there. <laughs> I feel like we, we breezed right past them building a university just for Amazon employees, that, and the thing that it does is boot camps. No other explanation That's about true. what that yeah, is. That's true, yeah, there probably is more stuff in the Master pitch. Class shit? That I didn't bother to read because, um, you know, I've got this BuzzFeed listicle. Why do I need to read the pitch? Um, you are a high tech worker. No, I'm not letting us move on from this. You're a high tech <laughs> worker at Amazon. You go to special bovine university for your 24 week boot camp. What the fuck are you learning there? Are you learning how great like, oh, Georgia peaches. We still love slavery or whatever. I don't know what Georgians are really like. I assume that's it. Voter suppression. I'm imagining like a mix of Scientology and Clown College. <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to be a bunch of like, um, what is it? Uh, nano influencer, thought leader, just like buzzwords, right? Are we nano influencers? No, you have to have, well, I think the definition of a nano influencer, you have to have like a thousand followers on Twitter. So no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but It'll be a But while. I think it's just like a lot of like uh, techno babble, you know, like... Uh, whatever the cutting edge of management is, which I always find hilarious, because like, what, who, I don't know, who loves management? They're as a concept. They're teaching. <laughs> they're teaching you how to uh, how to onboard uh, Gen Zers to design their own jobs. <laughs> you mean design something. themselves out of a job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it will involve AI somehow. Yeah, capitalism, baby. All right, let's move yeah. on to Boston. Boston's not not quite as uh, not quite as extravagant, uh, but there's still some stuff here. Boston did not offer the same billion dollar tax incentives as the other HQ2 finalists, and instead hoped its pool of top university talent would be enough to draw the e-commerce behemoth. It didn't work, and the city's public proposal re- reveals a fairly tame set of perks compared to other cities. Aside from a commitment of $75 million in funding over 10 years to maintain, to maintain home, home prices around the proposed 8 million square feet of development needed for HQ2, the city also uh, offered about $13 million in, quote, work- workforce training grants to build a tech talent pipeline. Among the more interesting incentives, they said it would help eligible Amazon employees purchase homes in Boston by providing zero-interest loans to help with down payments. So I feel like um, Boston... It's like they they they're verging on galaxy brain, right? Because they they gave they were prepared to spend seventy five million dollars to stabilize housing prices in Boston, and Boston is one of the cities that has 
like uh, outrageous housing prices. There's a housing crisis there. Um, So they want to, who knows how they would do it, spend money to uh, sort of smooth the curve uh, on what houses would cost. But then they they grasp defeat from the jaws of victory by offering zero interest loans to incoming Amazon employees, right? So it's just, it's more targeted that we're only going to help uh, the rich people who are moving in uh, to snap up properties. And it's sort of a, it's a recurring theme <clears throat> with these, uh, these bids that were put out that, um, you know, these cities are willing to spend uh, public money in the public interest, but it's almost like they're holding those investments hostage if Amazon comes. Right. So um, to jump the gun a little bit, uh, you have places like um, Columbus uh, that, you know, will uh, offer all of these tax incentives to Amazon. Um, and as a, almost like a rider on that, uh, if Amazon uh, agrees to come, um, the people of Columbus, uh, the, the police department will finally set up a task force to address what they called in their own bid as an unacceptable murder rate. Ah, you, yeah, you, so like, ah, you stole one of my best jokes. Damn yeah, it. Yeah, I know, I know. It, yeah. it killed me when I read that. Like, <laughs> if, It killed you. If, if, Think oh. about what it's doing to them. <laughs> Take my wife, please. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if you've identified like a serious public safety issue in your city, like why wait for the moonshot chance that Amazon will move in to like fucking address it? Yeah, I love that they have a plan. They have a plan to end murder, but but they're just not enacting it because Jeff Bezos isn't coming to town. Like, there's something really naked about that that's just kind of, it's almost beautiful to see. He's the linchpin of the plan. Like, have you seen the recent photos of him where now he's like swole Bezos? Yeah, well, maybe, maybe there's like a, there's like a Gundam suit that only Jeff Bezos can use. And what? It's an anime, that's nerd shit. It's just like he has a mecha, yeah, a nervous. large robot that he can pilot, but it only fits Jeff Bezos's weird little body, and uh, <laughs> and it's and it's going to come to whatever cities get HQ two, and that's why there's going to be no more murders. Yeah, you have to be like only someone who's sort of like rodent shaped can pilot this giant robot. Yeah, like a, but like a swole rodent, <laughs> yeah. like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle of rodents. Um, okay, Chicago pissed me off. Chicago made me angry. Chicago pissed you off. The, the yeah. like, corporatization of place names and, like, complete commodification of, like, public space has not pissed you off so far. Um, but, okay, Chicago must be bad if that didn't get to you. <laughs> Chicago's bad. Quote, Chicago was willing to pony up $2.25 in incentives and potentially more. Half of that would be offered in the form of tax credits if Amazon met specific, specified job creation goals. That's, like, the first benchmark we've heard so far uh, that's, like, on the other side. <laughs> $400 million would be allocated to infrastructure spending to improve roads, sewers, and other systems for the more uh, undeveloped sites in the area. This is what pissed me off. The city attempted, attempted to appeal personally to Jeff Bezos, a Star Trek fan, by enlisting William Shatner to narrate oh, its proposal video. They tried to count us out, too. Maybe you heard about the fire. Did we cry, Uncle? No. Before the architects finished the plans, we began rebuilding and reinventing ourselves as an economic powerhouse, a thriving ecosystem of transit and tech, an icon of culture and community, and a destination for doers and dreamers alike. But here's the thing. We've still got the fire in us. And you've still got the garage in you. 
Now, what pisses me off about this is the fact that they get Shatner to narrate this thing, like, from the perspective of Chicago, or like a Chicagoan. Fucking guy is from Quebec. So, <laughs> stealing, like, I mean, we're having Quebec valor stolen, which is bad. I mean, I'm using that wrong, but you know what I mean. Like, well, that's you, Shatner's you know, doing if he's willing to do it. So, no, yeah. I don't blame. I don't blame Shatner. Like anyone who, you know, it's a, it's a tough world. You got to make a buck. I understand. Like as an individual, but you know, come on. Like, and I'm 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 glad Chicago didn't get it. Uh, I mean, actually, I'm. <laughs> wait, no, I'm. I I hope they did get it because that would have been ultimately bad. So now I'm extra sad. Um, that they didn't get it. Yeah, they didn't get it because they deserved it. Do we have any other thoughts on anything we just heard about Chicago's bid, other than stealing Quebec Valor? I think there's an interesting um, logic at play that kind of extends. So, like a lot of these perks, if you want to call them that, or incentive mechanisms, like the tax breaks. I don't really care about because, like, who cares? Like, tax breaks are always given as kind of like a yeah. major incentive to like and it's not great but it's it's something we expect i guess so i'm just it's normalized in my mind um and you know in terms of kind of that like commodification of public space like for instance so the the kind of com- the the place naming stuff always hits a chord with me because um i've spent a lot of time thinking about those t- types of um questions um in terms of kind of how place names and the place identities associated with them get essentially kind of uh they're, they're commodified right they turn into kind of these place brands um that often kind of are just used as like a simple kind of mechanism to supposedly improve a place um and just kind of adopt this really supposedly and i'm using kind of ghost quotation marks here like common sense entrepreneurial strategies but kind of are quite insidious right because they kind of allied a variety of different kind of functions um that these uh you know signifiers do in the way that we kind of understand places that we live in um and and the value and and um, a symbolic capital, really, if you want to think of it that way, that, that comes with them. But then, so that stuff kind of pisses me off because it's kind of this extension of like neoliberalizing kind of um, logic that we've seen time and again. Um, but there's kind of this new element to it that's really interesting with a lot of the kind of perks that you just mentioned, where, you know, the kind of promise to improve infrastructure or solve kind of a public um, like something for the public realm um, is kind of this added layer of neoliberalization where it's like, oh, look, look, we're going to do this extremely kind of um, entrepreneurial thing where we essentially kind of try to attract some promise of future revenues, whether they're direct or indirect. Um, and in doing so, we're going to fix everything around us. The urban sphere will be completely kind of devoid of any issues that are presently there. So infrastructure mm-hmm. in particular in Chicago is a really interesting one. So it's kind of like um, almost an intensification of uh, these really quite distinct practices taken on both encouraged by governments like Chicago, for instance, um, and all the kind of people who bid in this process, but also um through you know firms trying to locate somewhere and use essentially their brand as leverage um, to get whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. And you know what what particularly distresses me about the you know stunt videos narrated by William Shatner or like uh, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, um, right before the winning bid was announced, yeah. said, "I would change my dang name to Amazon Cuomo if it helped." You know, and it's like. I can deal with the tax incentives, like the billions of dollars being transferred to Amazon. Like I'm sort of inured to that because it's like the etiquette of neoliberalization. 
Um, but when you start like embarrassing your city or your state um, in in more like public ways, um, just to like prostrate in front of this corporation, it, it makes me feel a little bit more queasy. I mean, to be honest, it's the personal angle that makes me feel like I don't even know if I can call that neoliberalization. It, it feels more like feudalism when you're like, when you're making this elaborate pitch to one specific person because you know he happens like oh like you know uh, my lord he 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 you know we need to like get we need to get back the the special um the special like plant derivative that gets us what red velvet used to actually be um like we need to clone it or something because we we heard that it's <laughs> Okay, I, okay I swear to God. I don't know like, what you're re- re- referencing, but like, whoa, out of left field. Right, but like, so, you know, we, we, we're going to like, you know, we're going to do like a, 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 like a like a moonshot in and of itself just to like yeah. get a glint in the eye of this prick, you know? Uh, I realized that was really out of left field. I was just trying to think of something like hilariously was, I impossible. Mean, I was going with it. I mean, I think um, there's something interesting you pointed out there in that like historically when you look at these kind of um, spectacular uh, or like massive, um, I don't know what you call them, like whether they're mega projects or initiatives where, you know, like uh, Sidewalk Labs is another example, right? Where they have kind of this massive kind of smart technology, if you want to call it that, that's trying to like essentially locate somewhere. And it's that's kind of being leveraged as, as the object of interest for governments to kind of um, genuflect in front of, right? Um, but traditionally, when you have that, you know, it's kind of like a a variety of kind of factors that lead to a place lo- like a, a company locating in a place. Right. Um, but in this case, Amazon's particularly different because, you know, there's kind of this bizarre control of essentially e-commerce, um, that we can't really kind of look past. And, you know, I'm thinking in particular of kind of how, and there's an article in the, I think it's the Yale law review, um, maybe from 2016 from, uh, I forget the author's first name, but Khan is the last name. Um, and this point that essentially kind of, these online platforms essentially kind of pay very, very close attention to the the development of a narrow set of outcomes in terms of competition and what that looks like. Like the actual process of competition itself becomes very difficult to kind of peg down because, and it's quite anti-competitive as a result. Um, And Amazon is very exemplary exemplary of this. Um, And so, you know, these market incentives are not actually like market incentives anymore because you're dealing with this like juggernaut that cannot be stopped. Like there's nothing, I'm totally, do not, associate what I just said with the article I was citing because I didn't do a good job of, of distilling it. Um, but I think kind of this idea that you can't really kind of gauge real competition today, um, especially when you consider big four companies like Amazon or others, because um, they're different. It's it's not just like, you know, TD Bank, for instance, if you're Canada, you know, that is, or, you know, um, Sears or Gap having a headquarters in your city. It's like this extremely powerful corporation that has reached that extends well beyond you know the locales that they're situating themselves in or even kind of the markets like they're they're part of actually the market logic that's itself they're not just operating in a market they're creating it right they're not an equal player with other no there's no firms yeah Yeah. there's no such thing as equality but there's also no such thing as competition in the sense yes Mm -hmm. um so i want to no it's it's not bad it's good actually I wanted to highlight two cities um, that aren't on this list of stuff that was being offered because they chose another tack. The first is Little Rock, Arkansas, who apparently took a full-page ad out in the Washington Post 
quote, breaking up with Amazon and uh, explained they were not going to submit a bid. Well, I'm literally reading from Wikipedia right now because this is a detail that wasn't in this article. Props to Little Rock. And I never thought I would say this. You may never hear this from me again in the history of this podcast, but props to Toronto, who were the only (laughs) Canadian city left on that short list. And they literally did not offer anything. They offered no incentives, nothing. Um, And look where it got them. It got them no HQ2, which is wonderful. Sorry to punch down on Toronto here because I'm going to. But like, do you think that's a result of being thoughtful and being like, no, we're going to protect the public interest? Or do you think that's just because John Tory doesn't had to Google what Amazon was? And he's a cheap ass. Uh, I mean, like, either oh, uh, either is fine, uh, no, to be honest. I think my, my kids buy books on Amazon. Uh, I mean... I don't know if it's such a good place to buy things. What? Can they take your credit card number? <laughs> How do I know they're not going to take my money and not give me the thing that I ordered? I feel like that. Sorry, that's such a terrible. What was uh, that characterization? <laughs> that's supposed to be. Like, was that your Minnesota nice or something? Another city that refused to bow before Amazon is uh, Los Angeles, um, and they issued a tweet, which is the 2018 version of a front page ad, uh, which said, "You know, we have record low unemployment and our housing costs are skyrocketing anyway. So who needs a big problem like Amazon?" Uh, moving into our city, which I thought was like actually a pretty strong statement. From, I love like, the, the way you Twitter read account. it, like it was coming from Newsies. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs big fat read, Amazon? <laughs> if you read all tweets in that voice, Twitter is uh, actually good. It's it's like fanciful as opposed to horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we could keep going through each and every single one of these cities, uh, or we could tell you about the bid that did end up winning. Uh, well, I, I think, listeners, the only detail you need is the following tweet uh, from Mayor uh, Bill de Blasio. Blasio for the win. That says, one of the biggest companies on Earth, next to the biggest public housing development in the United oh, yeah. States. The synergy is going to be extraordinary. That sounds a lot more ominous than <laughs> I, I just broke my own rule about how to read tweets. But I think that it's like... <laughs> Do it uh, in newsy style. This is the perfect way to look at their bid like just there is a bottom line and we have a workforce that we're just gonna fucking churn through these warehouses and turn into grist uh and the synergy truly will be extraordinary and we're all going to be members of amazon prime in the future i think you know i think anytime the word synergy is used you can expect complete (laughs) shit to emerge from whatever it is synergizing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and i think kind of it's really interesting to kind of look at all the the, the discourses that come out surrounding this deal um, from both. So one of the things I started doing kind of in preparation in my, my paltry preparation for this podcast um, was to kind of look at essentially kind of both dominant sides of the debate, right? So there's, um, we're also kind of, uh, if you kind of look at Twitter today, Cyber Monday, there's a lot of stuff going on about um, with the hashtag HQ2 scam, right? Mm. Where um, New Yorkers in particular, for instance, are like, yeah, you know, uh, they're boycotting. I don't know if they're boycotting, they're protesting um, HQ2. Um, Amazon's uh, decision to kind of move in. Um, and so there's there's lots going on in terms of kind of the resistance, if you want to think of it that way. And then there's a lot that's kind of really quite celebratory about the the deal, right? And, and this kind of comes from, I think, more conventional or dominant, maybe kind of conservative slash like big L liberal. Actually, it's not even a political thing. I think it's just like people who think this is a good idea. Um, 
and one of the things I found really interesting is that I found this really um, odd article that was like louding um, Amazon's uh, like CUNY campus that's part of this New York City deal, um, which is funny because CUNY is like supposed to be quite like a, a an amazing public university. Um, and one of the things that I, I read, and I can't find the article right now, was that you know how essentially kind of this is gonna this deal is gonna lead to a lot of economic development and a lot of really good jobs um, for for New Yorkers in particular, um, and like something like twenty five thousand good paying jobs um, within the upcoming decade. And this will just be great because uh, you know CUNY. Uh, no, here's a, an article from sorry from New York Daily News. Um, where, you know, it says, CUNY is a lead partner in Amazon's expansion. It's a great public institution of higher education in New York City. The rich diversity of our student body, 35% of CUNY undergraduates were born outside the U.S. mainland, and 76% are from underrepresented minority groups, mirrors that of the city. Because of our vast, rich, and unparalleled ability to scale educational opportunities to the needs of so many different types of students, CUNY is positioned to equip large numbers of diverse New Yorkers to take advantage of these opportunities and provide Amazon and other tech companies Companies with a robust pipeline of talent. And that just, you know, really taps into kind of what Rob was talking about. And also this really quite disgusting um, middle class dream of the future of like, you know, this is great. Look, we have this wonderful partnership. Everyone can drink Amazon HQ2 water or whatever the fuck they give Raw them. water. Raw water. Um, yeah, hell at yeah. At the same Throwback. time, you know, you can have like a shitty like you can you can spend a lot of time trying to learn and then just like be fed into this massive machine well you can and, like go you straight say, be from turned your, grist. your <laughs> public housing project to the amazon exactly but it's diverse and there's lots of underrepresented people and you know immigrants great yeah and you're just fodder for the new economy so that was an op-ed from new york daily news yeah. that moral was just reading from and i saw a similar op-ed <coughs> in the new york times written by a former chief planner uh from new york um and he was making pretty much exactly the same point uh, that this is a really good thing for New York because it means opportunity for our, you know, young, diverse workforce that needs even more opportunities, even more opportunities than what are available in New York, which is laughable. But um, I think that it's naive to think that Amazon is going to change the way that it operates um, as soon as it gets to New York, that it's going to start opening, throwing open the doors of employment um, to people from diverse backgrounds. Sorry, go ahead. Employment, but like qualitatively different employment than what they're currently doing, right? Because one of the other things, sorry to interrupt, but one Mm -hmm. of the other things is I think uh, maybe in the press release, the presser for this, um, the Blasio, uh, Bill de Blasio was going on about how, you know, New York is known as like pro-union and like, $15 Fifteen dollar an hour livable yeah, wage, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like this is how we're you know they could have gone to I forget what the other two he said he's like they didn't pick Texas they didn't pick some other place they picked us and we're like known for being you know kind of you know pro union and, and livable wage kind of shit and um, sorry just well that, yeah that's going straight out the door <laughs> yeah and, and, I mean the the um, the type of jobs that politicians fetishize when they talk about getting these big mega investments from global corporations are those like mythical Silicon Valley white collar $150,000 exactly software developer jobs like no one in the political class knows what a software developer does uh, or how they live um, but they they sure do want them uh, in their jurisdictions Um, and you know Amazon just like the other big x number of tech companies 
they hire from the upper ranks of, um, you know, the Ivy League, right? Mm. They, they hire the hottest up-and-comers and pay them really good salaries. They're not necessarily taking, like, exclusively um, the latest class from, like, the, the city college and putting them into those $150,000 a year jobs. An associate program or something, like an associate bachelor degree. Yeah, that's not how it works at these companies. I mean, they will certainly uh, make sure that they're um, that you know they, they're they're meeting all standards required for proper rainbow capitalism. Let's not let's not get that mm-hmm. twisted. No, yeah, they'll they'll figure out how to check off all the the appropriate boxes. But I think there's an interesting kind of um, there's an interesting lie at play here, which is that you know this gets taken up in terms of kind of the discord, the political discourse is like, oh, no, look, this is great because we don't have jobs. You're complaining you don't have jobs. You avocado toast eating motherfuckers. Here you go. Here's your job. Take it. Yes. Um, Since I'm not sure we got the hard number in there, uh, the hard, fast number, um, Amazon will receive performance-based direct incentives of 1.525. Wait, (laughs) 1.525. Only one decimal. Wait. One one point five two five billion U.S. dollars, based on the company creating twenty five thousand jobs in Long Island. Yeah, and average salary of one hundred fifty U.S. one hundred fifty thousand. Right. This includes a refundable tax credit through New York State's Excelsior program. Ooh, that sounds. That's I. That's the first thing I like. Um, (laughs) Of up to one point two billion, calculated as a percentage of salaries Amazon expects to pay employees over the next ten years. Right. So there's just a lot more details from there. Um, so uh, ha- is there anything else we feel like we need to say about this bidding process and how we feel about it and how we how we think this is going to play out for the fine people of, uh, of New York and also Nashville? Well, I mean, well, we didn't. So <laughs> Nashville got some like weird satellite Arlington. office. Hey, Arlington. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to mention that like we've been talking about New York, but the headquarters, as you listeners now know, are split um, between two cities. So there's New York and then um, city, like northern Virginia. I'm not really sure what the geography is close to Washington, D.C., which is we the know we do America thing. good here on the Hacks Isn't podcast. It, uh... I've, I've seen the metrics of who's downloading. It's um well okay the Arlington headquarters will be located in what Amazon is calling I'm call, I'm reading from a uh, CNN business article um, which is always good uh, will be uh, located uh, National Landing is what they're calling it which is less than three miles from downtown Washington D.C. Newly branded neighborhoods includes parts of Pentagon City and Crystal City in Ar- Arlington and Potomac Yard I'm probably not pronouncing that right in Alexandria yeah so National Landing is a neighborhood that did not exist until Amazon's announcement. No one knew where that was at first. I have to say, I think I predict, I don't know if I predicted it on this podcast, but I definitely publicly predicted Washington. So I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, no, you, you got it correct. And, and um, I, I think this is true that uh, Virginia offered nothing to Amazon, nothing of note, especially in comparison to the other bids. And so um, Amazon choosing to put at least half of its headquarters there really, you know, puts to bed the idea that um, larger incentives um, from jurisdictions are more likely to draw in investment from these corporations. Which means you whipped out Shatner for nothing. You burned your Shatner connection and got nothing for it. This is a good point, Rob. And it kind of goes back to this question of kind of uh, this entrepreneurial logic. It doesn't always function in the same way, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's variegated, meaning it's, it's differentiated. It's not 
you're not going to have one specific mix work every time. You can't just port over, you, you know, essentially kind of like a package to attract ma- major company to your city and then like pass it over to another yeah. <laughs> place, which is something that actually happens, right? These policy mobilities actually work that way sometimes. Um, but the other thing too is like, yeah, you pointed out that, you know, Virginia didn't really offer anything. And from the same business, CNN business article, um, there's a uh, an excerpt from... Uh, Jay Carney, which is the senior vice president of worldwide corporate affairs at Amazon, said the process for, of cities offering incentives to companies looking to enter new regions is standard across the U.S., but, and here I quote, uh, so this is Jay Carney from Amazon, if you look at some of the packages that were put forward by other cities, the incentives in New York and DC in the D.C. area, Northern Virginia are actually lower than we were offered elsewhere. Um, the talent was really the driving factor for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, there's all this kind of question of like, what kind of talent are you looking for? Because, uh, hmm, Arlington, what's there? I yeah. wonder yeah. why would a really massively <laughs> powerful corporate entity want to position itself next to the Pentagon? Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack there. The first thing about- Hold on. Before we um, unpack that, can we just take a moment to appreciate that Jay has done so well for a carny? he's really changing the face of carnies everywhere the multi-nosed face um so (laughs) what uh because they're often freaks Um, i don't know why y'all are hating on carnies i wasn't hating on him i I think i think he should feel very proud for what he's accomplished despite whatever his infirmities might be You guys are both assholes. <laughs> They're not called infirmities anymore. Um, so I, I was reading a, a study um, by someone at, at GWU, George Washington University, named uh, Nathan Jensen, who looked at... Um, you read you know, an article? Yeah, man. I do like work on this podcast. Like an academic article? Well, I mean, it was just a couple pages, but... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you attended more tapings of this podcast, you would know. Oh, fuck off. Um, so anyway, this guy's name is Nathan Jensen, and he looked at... Um, uh, these tax incentive regimes that are, are meant to attract investment across America. And by the way, um, jurisdictions in America spend $90 billion, with a B, dollars a year trying to attract corporate headquarters, um, which is more than the federal government uh, spends on housing, education, or infrastructure uh, across the entire country. So it's like a crazy amount of money. Right, And what yes. this economist found um, was that... Uh, Charlatan. What this charlatan found no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, is that um, these incentive programs actually don't have an effect on um, attracting investment. Really, for these companies, it's just about the labor force that's there uh, in the target yes. cities anyway, right? Because that's the most important thing. If you're going to um, hire 25,000 people, the most important thing is to make sure that uh, you have 25,000 qualified candidates waiting for you to move in. That's true. Um, but I think there's another kind of thing at play, and this can be taken up in different ways if you look elsewhere in the world and how these types of logics operate, where sometimes um, <clears throat> governments and corporations, when they're kind of um, signing these deals, actually try to attract particular talent um, to a mm-hmm. location, right? So in a lot of these kind of cities that are in emerging economies, like, for instance, in the Middle East, um, or even kind of in, in you know, um, what is often called the Global South, <coughs> Excuse me. It's not just about like, oh no, you need to make sure your your workforce is there. But there'll be kind of a racial aspect to it and a class aspect to it. Of like, 
okay, we don't have the labor force that we want because what we want is like Ivy League trained or even let's have the right passports in place, meaning European or Western. Um, so that, that logic can kind of operate differently as well. Yeah, well, I should say that this study only pertained to, to the programs within the U.S. Yeah, so, yeah. One that- but I mean, there's still a bias, like you're saying, within the U.S. Um, toward the coasts and mm-hmm. especially the East Coast, right? Yeah. Um, where, you know, the, the majority of the Ivy League type people tend to settle, right? Um, but yeah, moving on to Northern Virginia, I mean, obviously what Amazon is trying to do is chase uh, defense contracts, mm-hmm. right? And if you want to talk about the workforce there, I mean, that's that's who <laughs> lives there is people who have government connections, know how to work within government, probably come from contractors um, like Raytheon and Boeing and the other ones. So the, the timing of the announcement in Virginia is interesting, though, because um, Amazon is one of the few remaining bidders for this, like, massive defense contract, the Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure Contract, short uh, form is JEDI. Uh, uh, it's a, <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. We're deep oh, Pentagon now. Fuck. But it's a, it's a $10 billion contract over 10 years to put uh, the Pentagon's entire computing system on the cloud. Brilliant. So they're doing it for the first time. Um, and this is a, a bidding process that has been extremely messy. Uh, so they have basically the, the requirements of this contract favor Amazon. Um, so uh, it has to be, you know, a, a company that's big enough to accommodate the millions of Pentagon users and devices. It has to be a company that has less than 50% of its business already coming from defense contracts. So the traditional um, uh, defense contractors are already out. Um, you know, it has to be a company of a certain size, blah, blah, blah. So it's it's really interesting that at this moment uh, Amazon is is sort of moving in to try to seal the deal uh, and and move into that space. And we've talked about before how there's uh, sort of an ethical, moral dubiousness with um, these computing companies getting further into bed with um, with the likes of the Pentagon and the CIA. Uh, in fact, Google already pulled out of this uh, contracting uh, process when there was an uproar over them. I think Google was like processing image data from like war drones or something and, and the employees said no please don't do that anymore so <laughs> god remove themselves ghastly. from the situation all right so i think we've gone over quite enough of like the ghastly details of these proposals and how they happen and why they happen and why they're bad um there's a totally different subject related to this and it's more of a thought experiment than like an explicit fact-based uh, segment and after the the details of the winning bids came out. There were a couple of pieces talking about the prospect of nationalizing Amazon. And this is sort of a meme that happens whenever um, one of the really monstrously large tech companies, your Facebooks, your Googles, your Amazon, uh, does something monstrous. And um, the notion of either break it, break them up or nationalize them. Um, And I want to just get one thing out of the way right away, which is um, I don't want us to get stuck on, well, then you've got the Trump administration and they've got Facebook or they're like, clearly that's like people are saying, you know, the the argument of, well, we don't want a bad U.S. government like like the Trump administration in charge of whatever, which like clearly the Trump administration is never going to nationalize anything. So we don't need to worry about that. Let's not get stuck on. A particular administration. All, all I'm interested Wait, in haven't is... haven't they nationalized, like, hate and racism and bigotry really well? It's been there since the beginning. Yeah, but they made it really... They, just they really it punched in. it up. Yeah. I see what you did there, Moral. It was very trenchant. Thank you. 
Um, <laughs> the um, so I, I guess the, the what I want to put out here is like take all other considerations aside under the existing you know and, and I, I don't want to get into any anarchist thought experiments either <laughs> or stateless stateless adaptations. I'm only curious about yeah I know sorry I'm cutting you about off before state. you. Um, yeah, so we should only do thought experiments under Simon's uh, ideological yeah, I'm, parameters. I'm, I'm, look, that, like capitalism is still necessary for a revolution, and so therefore it's okay. I'm not talking about a revolution. I'm talking about what. Here's what I'm really interested in. What does I a just version... think that Facebook should give you an earned income tax credit? That's where I'm coming <laughs> from in this discussion. Let him ask the question. Okay, please go ahead. Simon. What I what I'm interested in is imagine there's a version of Amazon. That, you know, it has all the same infrastructure that it has now, but it serves the public interest rather than chases, uh, it has no profit motive. Um, it is, it's, it's explicitly there to serve public interest. So what does that look like? Well, what the a fuck? few questions. <laughs> yeah, go, go for ahead, it. Please ask your question. Well, who's the public? What's the public interest? I mean, I think. Okay, so people, people are the public. Let's go. No, with no, that. no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. What I mean is when we talk about this is a common thing. It's like, oh no, it's all about the public interest. But like, let's let's query that. What does it mean? Like, if in this thought experiment, who is the public? Because the public is generally not people at the margins of society, um, or people who have been, and I don't want to use the word marginalized, but are operating from the margins, right? So okay. Well, I'm saying it's all the people. It's all the people. All the, okay, it's all the people. communities. So it's, okay, it's an inclusive... Yeah. The, hey, look, we're, we're going out city. there. I'm and saying it's a thought city? experiment. Imagine it's okay. not the shitty society we live in. It's okay, a society okay. where something like this could happen. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I question, even on a philosophical level, what public interest it serves to be able to run a, a, brigade, a brigading train on any random user for like being a minority online or something like that's essentially what twitter is it's an engine for um you know drawing hateful people out of the woodwork and directing them to individual users wait how do we right get to twitter yeah what are we talking about twitter we're talking about amazon Okay, delete everything I just said. I, I was stuck on like, well, you said that like the, there's this whole um, movement toward like nationalize X whenever something bad comes well, Sure, we can X. get to Twitter later. Let's start with Amazon. Okay, so Amazon, well, Amazon is an even weaker case for me. Like, yeah. I, okay, so there's two sides to Amazon, right? There's like the store where you can get Amazon Prime to have goods uh, shipped to your house quickly for only $80 a year. And then there's the like whole uh, internet infrastructure called Amazon Web Services. So like when people think of Amazon, usually they think of the the shipping retail aspect. Right. But the web services is really where it's at monetarily. (laughs) No, actually it really is. I thought you meant like for users, like. Well, okay. I'll take them in turn. Merle's mocking me, but it actually is where it's at when it comes to Amazon. So, like, have you ever used a government store that you enjoyed? I can think, like, the Hudson's Bay store, the Northern store. If you've bought weed online in the last couple weeks, like, it's (laughs) demonstrably worse. (laughs) This is relevant to my life. Demonstrably worse than, like, what you get from, like, a private operator. Well, I guess the the, the go-to American example would probably be the Obamacare website. The Obamacare. Well, okay. Um, just a, a hot take on this question. I think you're actually, th- what that looks like is anarchy because oh, you what is Amazon? No, but okay. <laughs> well, let's just, okay. Let's extend your thought experiment. Let's apply this. Let's see what happens. Okay, I'm never so doing have, another thought experiment. You have Amazon, 
the store, which is essentially e-commerce. So if yeah, that was sure. a, if that was essentially kind of a public good, it would just be goods for the public that were not uh, that wouldn't be monetized. So everyone could just have what they need. Hmm, interesting. And then if you had the Amazon Web Services stuff, oh wait, these really great like infra- digital infrastructure essentially that people could use to do what they want with. Hmm. Yeah, the- communitarian, based on predicated on like mutual aid, collaboration. There's no enclosure. Sounds like anarchism to me. So the, the things- sounds pretty great. The- I, I don't know about any of those isms, but the, the things that are candidates for nationalization are like critical infrastructure. And I don't see any single retailer as being critical infrastructure, right? It's not comparable to like banks or like the power grid or the railroad or highways or things that it would be in the public interest to put under government control so that it could be more widely available to them. So I, I guess what I, the natural next place to go is, do you think that it's a more sensible proposal uh, and of course, this is more of a um, this is more of a capitalist reform than a revolutionary idea. But um, just to say, hey, um, Facebook, Google, uh, Amazon, you're too big. Let's break you up. Does that hold any any luster for you? Well, when people talk about nationalize Amazon or nationalize Facebook or whatever, they're like they're expressing frustration with the business practices of those sure. companies. And like, so they're I don't think they're asking the right question hmm. really like there are spif- there are specific things that these people would want to like regulate or make illegal um and nationalizing those companies doesn't really solve those problems right you talk about nationalizing a company you're just taking the same company and like putting it under different ownership essentially like it'll make different business decisions but it's not going to change the business model necessarily of that company and in the case of like twitter or facebook or something like it, it would if you nationalize a social media network and then change its business model to like make people pay or like not collect advertising data anymore, you're changing the nature of that business, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a different thing. Um, but if you also, if you nationalize, like, I don't know, I feel like anyone who would want to nationalize something is probably, it's just like big L liberalism, right? Because they're only, they're only incensed because it's gotten too big for them, for their own sensibilities. Um, and it often at, you know, they haven't even thought critically about how it's embedded or emplaced in a variety of other like really problematic practices. Um, in terms of the thought experiment, I mean, I think, yeah, overthrow everything. <laughs> I've, okay, I've decided this thought this thought experiment <laughs> is itself a thought experiment, and it's uh, it's it's not the thought well. experiment in the thought experiment is. I do over. so. Yeah. Let me let me address the like Amazon Web Services thing though. Like I, I yeah. think there's there's a case to be made there to make um, those services more available and sort of flatten the playing field um, for people. Like the internet, uh, I think should be a public utility. Like it's like it's, it's commons. Yeah. yeah, it's nonsensical right. that don't you yeah. start. <laughs> That that especially in America, right? It's it's owned. The infrastructure itself is owned by you know a patchwork of private companies that are like trying to squeeze consumers as much as possible. Um, in Canada, we're a little bit better regulated. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, a little it, bit. We just have an oligarchy, is what right? You right. Right. Yeah, but whatever okay. provider you go with in Canada, you get like kind of comparable service. It's not like in America where it's like, like the equivalent of like telecoms. 
They, they destroyed net neutrality. That doesn't exist. I know, anymore in I know, but in, in Canada, it's like the equivalent of like the technological equivalent of like the Koch brothers running your life. Like it's just like you either. Go but to everyone one or the has other. the same Koch brothers. Yeah. Right. We we get Kellis, the Koch brothers, really whereas the U.S. <laughs> yes, has like true. Bowser. <laughs> and we have Bowsette, so it's perfect. Um, yeah, so like Amazon Web Services, even though it's not the the literal infrastructure of the internet, um, it, it's a little bit closer to that that good argument of like, okay, maybe all of this should be open and more available to everyone. Um, I'm more convinced by something like that, although I, I don't necessarily, like Amazon Web Services itself is not evil enough that I would say, okay, we need to like turn control of this over to the government. Right, but it is unsettling just how much just how large it is, like how yes. it, it is yeah. literally like inescapable if you want any sort of consistency of service. It's a um, $30 yeah. billion dollar a year business oh, line. That's massive. I mean, yeah, it's like very like, I don't know what I think of like Oprah capitalism would be what that thought experiment leads to, right? Where everyone gets a car. It's like, and nobody thinks critically about what that means. I think that's um, called UBI. <laughs> UBI <laughs> is Oprah capitalism. I mean, by the way, Oprah, if you're listening. Friend of the show friend of the show Gail come on come on yeah we yeah, you, you gotta get Gail and... first and then you graduate and to what's Oprah Steadman Steadman <laughs> Steadman <laughs> you know always by her stead the Steadman isn't that his name Steadman oh Steadman it's sorry, just a little no. slight difference um <laughs> well no I mean I, I was being a little bit uh, facetious there but I do consider UBI like kind of a we never really talked about or UBS really would be more universal like yeah i mean universal basic services would be great um ubi has problems i don't think we've ever really talked about ubi um which is kind of surprising we should do an episode good. about that oh no good okay good. anyway you're the one um, who said you wanted your facebook social tax credit or whatever it was called earned income yeah. tax Earn credit income. yeah there you yeah go. anyway i feel like we've, we've gone a little bit off the rails but i i but i, th- I think what we can what we can agree on is that like yeah i think robbie hit the nail on the head when when people talk about nationalize this or break this up um some of those people may have like your matt brunigs may have like specific policy proposals that they've walked out over and they think it'll it'll uh, this particular formula will help to this extent but generally speaking people are just expressing like an existential um frustration with just how big and unaccountable these companies are and how they can just bring these massive um these massive governments these city governments to their knees and um, that they're, you know, that, that they have the rights of people, but they're essentially, you know, they're, they, they exist, uh, you know, on a, on a, basically on another level of reality compared to us. Yeah, I think one thing to keep and maybe kind of keep our eyes on, oh, I don't want to use that metaphor because it's ocular centrist, but one thing to kind of oh my God. <laughs> pay close attention to as, as the story develops and as, you know, HQ2 essentially comes, on, comes online at some point, if it ever does, um, you know, is to look at how these types of platforms and Amazon is one of them, essentially kind of accumulates power, not over, only over kind of, you know, in this case, e-commerce is its core business and, and web services, but over cities, right? And over um, various kind of livelihoods um, at a variety of scales. Morale, I'm going to stop you there. Have you ever considered just how Anglo-centrist all your arguments are for having been expressed in English? Well, yeah, I could express them in a variety of languages if you like. Well, yeah, <laughs> Morale is actually a, um, what do you call it when someone, a poly, um, polylinguist? 
Huh? Someone who speaks many languages. Fuck, I fucked up. Polyamorous? Um, but she's being <laughs> oppressed by us who are only English speakers on this yes, podcast. Some people have had this conversation in their own households regarding <laughs> how some people are not bilingual and as a result, their progeny cannot learn effectively a variety of languages. But yes, I, it is an Anglo-centric, it's a very anglo You know what? Podcast. Guess what, Moral? You know, being <clears throat> able to balance multiple languages is not an ability that we all have. So maybe you're being a little bit Insensitive to a little bit ableist towards people who can only successfully master one language at a time. Why do you think I only speak to you in English? Simon, are you saying that <laughs> I am oppressed? I think maybe. And I think maybe I am too. And I think you know that's what? where we should leave. Both of you go get your paychecks from Amazon HQ too. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay, can I just... Can I... Uh, uh, go out on a quote here. So yeah. I'm going to read a recent quotation. Uh, okay, so you tell me who said this. Simon, you can put some music under this if you want. I like this country. I know everybody is very conflicted about the current politics in this country and so on. This country is a gem and it's amazing. It's the best place in the world. It's the place where people want to come. There aren't other countries where people are trying to get in. I'd let them in if it were up to me. I like them. I want them all in. Jeff motherfucking Bezos, HQ2, uh, Northern Virginia, baby. That's That was such what a Trumpism. Sound, yeah, exactly. it sounded like well, Donald Trump. Except for the part where he said he likes everyone. That doesn't. That was a little off. Was a little but do you think that's actually, do you think that's actually Jeffy or is it Alexa? Well, this is the thing he said <laughs> right before that. Like he said, an AI was just this, like tripping. this America is a great country that deserves <laughs> to be defended. If big tech companies are going to turn their back on the U.S. Department of Defense, this country is going to be in trouble. It actually sounds like he's just a software program. <laughs> yes. Software program on the hunt for that $10 billion contract. Oh, God. You know, and this is going to be my last thought because it's so horrible. It just has to exit my brain and then I'm just going to go self-harm somewhere. Um, when you were saying that the Department of Defense um, contract was called Jedi, yeah. which means that, like, these fucking nerds have infiltrated the highest levels of, you know, the military industrial complex, which means yeah. that, you know, the 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 um, the efforts to move their infrastructure to the cloud, they're going to call it, like, you know, uh, they're going to call it... No, 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 no. They're going to call Halloween it... Halloween like, or whatever it's called? No, they're going to call it moving to Cloud City. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Bespin. <sighs> Wait, that, well, it, means, it has a name? Of course, the Cloud City in Star Wars... I thought uh, it was just called Cloud City. So you really are a that. fucking You've nerd. You've never even seen Star Wars. Listen, I travel in circles. That's, uh, well... That's usually I was not gonna considered say, Well, I mean, this, this raises, I think, uh, an interesting question that we should revisit, which is... HQ2, Amazon, A New Hope. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, no, we're done. We're done. Uh, we've gone way over time. Anyway, I mean, we do yes. owe you. We, you know, we missed a week a couple weeks ago, so we, we owe you a supersized episode anyway. If you do enjoy what we do for some reason, um, you, can, uh, you can email us at admin at hacks.fm with all your... Uh, if you have any complaints, of course, address them to Rob. Don't at morale. She's not the privileged one, remember. Um, so um, <laughs> No, don't at me because I actually don't know how to respond. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so I'm on Twitter at Holomines. Rob is at RG Scherf. That's S-C-H-E-R-F. And right. uh, morale is, uh, for reasons I still can't determine, at Snootlet. 
we hope to have Rosemary back properly next week once we have yes. all the uh, new yes. sets of glitches associated with her Chromebook purchase uh, and sketchy internet figured out. And uh, that's it from us. But and Chromebook, oh, if oh. you're listening, please send us. Come on, hacks. Come on, hacks. You know, sponsor us. Rosemary could really use more Chromebook. Gears. Absolutely. She just needs a couple more Chromebooks to figure it out. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, and listeners, if you enjoy this show inexplicably, please rate us five stars <laughs> on iTunes. It's the only way we're getting the word out about this show because we're we're frankly too poor to advertise. Don't say that. I might take out some ads soon. I. You know what? I had a a, a dear friend of mine send a message and say that he liked the show and. Uh, I, you know, I think he's quite kind, so he might not have been totally truthful, but that's an endorsement. We're just doing shout out r- to reviews for our own show. <laughs> yeah, this is great. At the end. All right. Shouting out uh, our own This show. is great content. That's a sign we need to go. All right. We got to go. Have a good one, folks. Bye. Bye. Where are the Twinkies? What's on sale?